I'm just going to preach till I'm done. How's that? So, but I won't preach long. I, I, but I do want to share with you what the, what the Lord has laid on our heart for this evening. And uh, I, I, I won't pre- preach long, and I don't think I will, honestly, but I feel like that the Lord uh, wants to speak to our hearts, and I'm praying that once again that uh, when we come to the time of prayer that life touched and uh, that we will be able to see God do uh, what needs to be done. Amen. But before we preach tonight, right before service, uh, Brother uh, came and told me, uh, Brother Ryan came and asked me to have prayer for his father-in-law. Sister Leah's dad had a fall shortly before church. And uh, so uh, I believe everything is well, but he is at the hospital, if I understand correctly. And uh, they said, go to church and have prayer. We've got it under control here. So, I mean, those prayer changes things. Amen. So we want to we pray for him, and uh, we want to continue to pray for Kendall and the others that was involved in the accident last evening. They're, hopefully God has spared them, and they are... They're going to be sore for the next few days, but uh, and uh, there's some recovery process that's got to go. Uh, some of them's got to go through, but I'm so grateful that the hand of the Lord was upon them, and so we want to pray for them and their families uh, tonight, as well as uh, my sister Doris. She's a she's she's a miracle. The Lord has been so good to her through the years, but she needs a touch tonight. Her lungs are. Are, are not well. I uh, talked to her just a little while ago, and I know that God is able to touch her tonight as well. Amen. So uh, I know you just sit down, but I'm going to ask you to stand with me. As you stand, just stand with your Bibles in hand, and we'll just go right into the text as we get ready to do that in just a moment. Uh, but let us just pray the prayer of faith. How many still believes in the prayer of faith tonight? Amen. Amen. So we're going to do that uh, together. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can come to your house and to lift up your name and worship and that we can stand together and we can lift our voices together, not just in song and praise and in hymns, but, Father, in times of prayer. And, Father, in your word, it teaches us very plainly that when we will come together in agreement, touching any one thing, that there is a moving that takes place where healing virtue flows, where deliverance is brought, and where there's a special hand uh, of the Lord that begins to move in situations. So today, Father, those that we just mentioned, we lift before you tonight. And Lord, we're believing and praying for healing virtue to flow into these individuals' lives. And Father, we thank you in advance for making yourself known in every one of these situations. And today, Father, we just speak and we release a breath of life in every situation. And Lord, we'll give you the praise and the glory and the honor. And the church says amen and amen. Praise the Lord. While you're standing, if you have your Bibles with you, 1 Samuel chapter number 3. 1 Samuel chapter number 3 is where we're going to begin We know this, that God is speaking in a very unique way at this moment of time. And if the Lord would help me for a few moments, I want to talk to us today about the hour of your visitation. The hour of your visitation. 1 Samuel chapter number 3, beginning in verse number 1. We'll read down through verse number 11. 
And it says, the child, Samuel, ministered unto the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was precious in those days, and there was no open vision. And it come to pass at that time when Eli was laid down in his place and his eyes began to wax dim that he could not see. And the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was, and Samuel was laid down to sleep. Verse number four, that the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, Here am I. And he ran unto Eli, and he said, Here am I, for thou callest me. And he said, I called not. Lie down again. And he went and laid down, and the Lord called yet again, and Samuel And he simply said, Samuel, and Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And he answered, I called not my son, lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time, and he arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I. For thou didst call me. And Eli perceived that the Lord had called the child. And therefore Eli said unto Samuel, Go, lie down, and it shall be. If he call thee, that thou shalt say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And the Lord came and stood and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel answered, Speak, for thy servant heareth. And the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I will do a thing in Israel, at which both the ears of everyone that heareth it shall tingle. For a few moments tonight, the hour of visit of your visitation. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord this evening. In order for us to really grab a hold of what is taking place in chapter number three, let us go back to chapter number one and chapter number two, and let's revisit the story. You are probably familiar with this passage of Scripture if you've been around the church any length of time at all. But let me remind you that there was a gentleman that had two wives, and one of them was barren, and her name was Hannah. And Hannah was very bitterness of soul, and she prayed unto the Lord, and she wept sorely before him. And she simply was distraught because of the fact that there was no life in her womb. When you begin to read through chapter number one, you will find that every at once a year, this man would bring his family, and they would come to the city, and they would offer unto the Lord. And on this particular occasion, Hannah finds herself in the temple, kneeling, praying, but not praying out loud, but moving her lips. And Eli the priest thought that she was in a drunken stupor. And he began to speak to her, and she simply says to him that, I'm not what you think I am, but I am in bitterness of soul because of the fact that there is no life in my womb. And she made a vow to the Lord at this time and said, if you'll give me a son, I will give him back to you. I will loan him 
to you. And we know that when she arrived back home and according to the time of life, she brought forth a son. That which was barren became filled with life. And we know that according to chapter number two, that Hannah brought Samuel after a process of time, after he was weaned, brought him to the house of the Lord, and she let him live and dwell in the temple with Eli and his family. And we find that according to this passage of Scripture, every year she would come and she would put a new garment upon him. She would tailor make, if you would, a, 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 a garment for him to wear. And she was overjoyed with that which the Lord had done. And we find that Eli, in this time, he simply began to speak a word of favor and blessing over her and her husband. And you will find that that barren womb, when they returned home, gave birth to multiple other children. And you will find that as she continued, uh, you find that when you read through this passage, it says that Samuel began to grow in the Lord. And when you get to chapter number three, we find that while Samuel is serving alongside Eli and he has been taught the standard or the religious rule, if you will, of the day concerning what is supposed to be done and how it's supposed to be done in the temple service. Uh, Eli had a couple of boys uh, that was rebellious. They did not do what was pleasing to the Lord. And we find that they was bringing a reproach upon the house of God. And you will find that the Lord began to speak to Eli in such a manner. And he said this, uh, judgment is coming to you and your house because of the simple fact you refuse to operate in the manner which you know you should. You are choosing the wickedness of your son over the, the, the process or the holiness of my house, if you will. His sons was laying with the women that laid at the door, with the prostitutes of the day. They was defiling the house of the Lord. They was taking things and using it on personal manners that was not bringing glory and honor to the Lord. But in the midst of this season of darkness, in the midst of this uncertainty, uh, and we find that when not this time Eli is now an aging man, his eyesight is dimming, and we find that there is neglect going on in the temple of God because uh, we find that the, the, the lamp is gone out in the holy of holies. Uh, we find that uh, we, we find that the illumination that's supposed to be over the ark of the covenant is no longer taking place. We we find that in the holy place where the table of shewbread is and where the menorah is that it has been neglected the oil has not been poured into the menorah of the morning of the evening and therefore this flame is flickering and it's going out and everybody around is disturbed about what's taking place in this time in history uh, some of them was probably saying things like you have heard in your lifetime and like this well it's not what it used to be they just don't do it like they used to be. Well, they've defiled it. Oh, they've come so far. Uh, oh, there used to be such a fear. There used to be such a reverence. Uh, but now look at it. Oh, it'll never be what it used to be. And, and when you look at it in the natural, I can understand why those conversations was probably been had. And I can even understand why they're been had today when you look at the church world. Uh, but can I remind you tonight that 
the church world is much different than the church of Jesus Christ. Uh, can I tell you there is a remnant of believers that if the Lord saw fit right now in this very moment for there to be a sound of a trumpet, uh, there would be those without spot and without blemish uh, that would lose gravity and they would enter into the portals of glory uh, because uh, they are clothed in the garments of the Lord uh, and they are wrapped in a robe of righteousness. So, so please let us not misunderstand uh, that just because something has a name, uh, just because something has something attached to it uh, doesn't necessarily mean uh, that it's everything is the same. Uh, can I tell you it gets us in trouble uh, when we paint with a broad brush. Uh, but can I tell you tonight in this season uh, that you find in 1 Samuel chapter number 3, there's just a boy. Uh, nobody's really thinking too much of him. Uh, nobody really says, oh, this is the next big thing. Uh, he doesn't have his name in lights. But little Samuel, he's just a child. Uh, but he's been put on loan for the Lord. Hannah has said, Lord, he belongs to you. You gave him to me, uh, but I'm giving him back to you. And year after year, uh, we don't know exactly how old he was in chapter number three, uh, but we know this, he's a young lad. Uh, he's not yet entered into adulthood. Uh, he's not yet trying to mark his way in life. Uh, he's just serving in obedience uh, to Eli, the man that has been placed over him. And he's doing everything that he's supposed to do. Uh, and in chapter number three, you find uh, that it says that he was taken and he was laid down. Meaning this, uh, Eli had instructed him the, the duties of the day is over, uh, you need to lay down. And all of a sudden, uh, in the midst of everything going on, uh, all of a sudden, Samuel hears this, Samuel, Samuel. He gets up from the place where he's lying, he runs into where Eli is, and he says, here am I. And Eli says, I didn't call you. Go lay down again. Now, we just read this together, and we find that he lays down, and once again, Samuel, Samuel. So he gets up, and he runs back in, and he says, here am I. I didn't call you, son. And then the third time, Samuel, Samuel. And he says, I didn't call you. But the old man, even though there was issues, something triggered in his spirit, and he says that he perceived that the Lord was calling this child. And when he perceived that, he gives him very basic instructions. And the instructions that he gives him, he simply says, uh, he, therefore Eli said unto Samuel, go lie down and it shall be. He didn't say it might be, but he said it shall be. If he call thee, that thou shalt say, speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. So Samuel lays down and sure enough, the fourth time, he hears as he did the other three times, Samuel Samuel. What Samuel did not know was that at this moment it was his hour of visitation. Then Samuel, when he answered, he said, 
Speak, for thy servant heareth. And the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I will do a thing in Israel. Now, I could preach on that tonight, but that's not where I want to be. But Samuel, notice this with me. Samuel, after he was weaned, he was brought to the house of the Lord. We find that he was even given back to the Lord by his mother. We find that he was even dwelling in the house of the Lord with Eli the priest. Yet according to chapter 3 and verse number 7, he had yet to experience the Lord in such a manner that he truly knew who he was. I wonder tonight how many do we have that's been brought to the house of the Lord week after week, month after month, year after year. I wonder how many young adults and teenagers and children alike that we have dedicated back to the Lord, uh, but yet they still don't know who he is. Uh, he was hit some, you might as well say they just dwell here because they're here every time the doors open, every time there's a conference, every time there's a meeting, they're here. You could say they're dwelling there, but yet they have yet to experience who he is. What am I saying today? Notice 1 Samuel 3 and 7, it says, Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. May I say to us today, it's one thing to know of him, but it's something totally different to know him. Can I say that again? It's one thing to know of him, but it's something totally different to know him. Samuel, up to this point in his young life, had only developed a limited understanding of who he was. But we quickly see when he had an encounter, when it was his hour of visitation, we quickly see what one encounter did in his life. For him, everything changed. This young boy becomes a prophetic voice for a nation. You see in 1 Samuel 3 and 19, it says, and Samuel grew and the Lord was with him. But get this, he wasn't just any prophetic voice, but there was such an encounter and such a transformation that it says that the Lord did not let none of his words fall to the ground. Think about it. He walked in such a manner that he was so in tune with the Lord that everything that the Lord began to reveal to him, he began to operate in a realm of obedience and he began to speak. And everything that he spoke by the leading of the Holy Spirit, the Lord said, I'm not going to let that fall to the ground. I'm going to let it develop. I'm going to let it come to pass. I'm going to let it fulfill its potential and its purpose. And it was all because that this young boy had had a moment in his presence. Please hear me. All throughout history, we find individuals who have experienced their own hour of visitation. I want to pause here and I want to ask you a question, a very personal question, and that is this. Can you truly say that you have had an hour of visitation with him? I'm thankful that you know of him. I'm thankful that your heart is even turned towards him. 
I'm thankful that you have a desire to be in his presence. But may I ask the question again, do you really know him? I'm not asking about does your family have a testimony of how grandma used to know him and how grandpa used to know him or about how many people that you have been able to rub shoulders with through the years that really has had an encounter with God. That's all wonderful and good, but have you had your moment? Think about it. Just like all of them throughout history, we too, please hear me, we will truly be transformed if we have an hour of visitation. I will go on record and say this today, if you truly enter into his presence, you will never be the same. I want to look at just a few individuals this evening. There was a baby that was born and the time of great conflict and it was a time when there was a degree that was issued by Herod that said, and the Pharaoh and the herald of them of that day was simply saying, let's kill every male child under the age of two. And this little girl brings forth this baby boy and says, what am I going to do? And she hides him until she's not able to hide him anymore. And she puts him in a little bulrush basket and puts him in the flags along the riverbank. And the Pharaoh's daughter comes out and they find him and they hear this baby crying. And he is known as Moses in our Bible today. And we find that he was raised in the house of Pharaoh. And we find that as he was grown and raised in that culture, but one day he had to make a choice and he saw that one of his Hebrew brothers was been betrayed. And, and we find that he rose up and he slew a man. And then after we find that he's on the backside of a desert. But yet on a particular day in the book of Exodus, you will read in chapter number three, I believe it is, that while he was tending his father-in-law's sheep, there was a burning bush that was not been consumed. And he turned and he simply said this, I will now turn aside and see this thing. And when he turned aside, he did not realize that it was his hour of visitation. And when he turned and he looked at the bush, he heard a voice that take your shoes off, Moses, you're on holy ground. And a murderer was transformed into a deliverer of a nation. Can I tell you, that's what God does. And that's not just an isolated case. If you go a little further, you'll find that there's a shepherd boy who nobody wanted to acknowledge. His own father didn't even call him when the prophet Samuel comes along and says, is this all your sons? They left him out in the field. They was embarrassed because uh, of how he had been brought forth. And he said, none of these is the one that God has chosen, but is, is this all there is? And he said, well, no, I have one more son. He's out in the field. And they said, well, we're not going to sit down till he gets here. And this little boy is by the name of David and he comes running in after he's freshened up a little bit and the word of the Lord says that's him and there was a horn of oil that was poured upon him and in that moment he had no idea why he was been summoned to his father's house uh, he had no idea that that was going to be an hour of visitation for him uh, and at that moment you find in your Bible it says that after that uh, the, from that point forward the spirit of the Lord stayed upon him 
Now that little shepherd boy uh, that nobody wanted to acknowledge became one of the greatest kings of Israel. Uh, and listen, uh, it was a process, uh, but because of that moment of visitation, uh, he went back out into the field, uh, and one day there was a bear that showed up. Uh, on another day, there was a lion that showed up. Uh, and then a little bit later in his life, there was a Goliath that showed up, uh, and he stood in a place of victory and power uh, because of the simple fact uh, that he had had an hour of visitation. Well, y'all sit there, I'm going to preach just for a few moments. Can I tell you, there was a boy by the name of Abram. His daddy was an idol worshiper. But in the midst of everything, in the midst of great darkness, the Lord comes and says, I, I, I want to take you somewhere. I'll take you to a place that you don't know of. I'm going to change your name. I'm going to let you be a father of the nations, or the father of the faith. I'm going to make you something great, but you're going to have to trust me and follow me. He had no idea in that moment. It was an hour of visitation. And we find that Abram becomes Abraham. And Abram, he has Isaac. And therefore, we know Isaac has Jacob. And can I tell you, you and I are the sons of Abraham. Abraham today because there was an hour of visitation. Let me give you a few more. There's a young boy that was taken captive. It was, he was some of them, he was part of the most elect of Israel. They bring them in. They begin to raise them up. Uh, they say, we're going to use them. We're going to use them for our benefit. Uh, Daniel's his name, uh, but he's just a young boy. Uh, and they begin to bring some food in. They begin to bring some drink in. And he says, listen, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, I don't mean to be offensive, uh, but I cannot partake of that uh, because I know what you all done with it before it ever got to me. And he says, I'm sorry. I will not defile myself uh, with the king's meat or the king's drink. Uh, and what they did not realize, uh, and they began to walk with favor, him and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, uh, and we find this, uh, that and there was an hour that was coming his way, uh, but because of his faithfulness to the Lord, uh, there was an hour of visitation uh, that was about to change a nation. Uh, because if you know that story, you'll find uh, that they simply said, there was a day coming, said, if you don't bow before the Lord. Uh, he simply, there's, we're going to throw you into a den of lions. And he said, listen, uh, I, I'm just going to be who I am. I'm going to pray uh, like I've always prayed. Uh, and because of his hour of visitation daily, uh, when he had opened up the windows and looked towards Jerusalem and pray, uh, he didn't care what might come his way, uh, but he found himself in a den of lions. Uh, but very early in the morning, the king comes running and said, oh, Daniel, oh, Daniel. Uh, he says, don't worry yourself. Uh, he said, my God has delivered me. Uh, can I tell you, uh, he was living and dwelling in a place of captivity, uh, but it didn't matter uh, because he had had an hour of visitation uh, and because of what he was clothed with spiritually, uh, the mouse of the lion had to stop. Uh, and can I tell you, some of you uh, are believing the lies of the enemy that say, oh, this lion's going to devour me. Uh, this lion's going to tear me to shreds. Uh, but can I tell you, if you had an hour of visitation, you don't have to worry. You don't have to fret. Because can I tell you, when you are clothed in the righteousness of God and the garments of heaven, there is no weapon formed against you that will prosper because greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. I'm here to tell you, your hour of visitation is something special. 
can I give you a few more? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Or some would say Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I don't care what you call them. It's not their name anyway. That was their captive names. But they simply said, we will not bow down before thee. Nebuchadnezzar, we're not careful to answer thee. It doesn't matter. Listen, you you can threaten us with that fiery furnace. That's fine. You can even turn it a little higher than you want to ever have before. That's fine too. We just know this. We know that our God is more than able to deliver us. But if he doesn't, we will not bow. How did they know that? Is because that there was an hour of visitation in their life. And because of that hour of visitation, it gave them boldness, it gave them the favor of God, and we find that when they went to throw them in, the strongest men of the military might of that day fell down dead because of the heat of that thing. They began to look over and said, did we not cast three men in there? Why is it that we see four and there is no chains on them? There is no flames upon them. But that fourth one, he looks a little different. He looks like the son of God. Can I tell you, when you have an hour of visitation, you don't have to worry about the flames. When they came out of that furnace, they was not scarred with smoke like we're going to be when we leave here tonight. But there wasn't no snitch on their clothes because of an hour of visitation. Gideon behind a wine press, thrashing wheat, scared to death. The angel of the Lord comes and says, mighty man of valor. Excuse me? It was an hour of visitation. And a man that was afraid, a man that was stricken with fear, begins to take an army. And the Lord said, oh, by the way, you got too many. Get rid of some of them. You still got too many. Get rid of some of them. But because of an hour of visitation, he took a handful of men, and he was a great warrior, and he had victory for his people. Stay with me. It wasn't just Gideon. It wasn't just the Hebrew boys. It wasn't just Daniel. It wasn't just Abram or David, Moses. These were just a handful. But can I tell you today, when you begin to read through the pages of your Bible, you'll find this, that fishermen became preachers and apostles. You'll find that unlearned men turned the known world upside down. You'll find that while we could start going through all kinds of history, we could start talking about Charles Spurgeon, he had an hour of visitation which caused the world to be transformed in his day. We could talk about Charles Finney and how he impacted the world in his day. We could talk to you tonight about Catherine Kuhlman and how the world was turned upside down in her day because of an hour of visitation. We could talk to you about uh, the Wesley brothers, D.L. Moody. We could talk to you about many, many others, but they all had an hour of visitation that changed the course of their life that began to propel them. And can I tell you, it's still happening in modern day. Amen. 
If you listen to any of the revival over the last two weeks there in Gainesville, you'll find that a man that has recently in this house was mentioned quite often, that's Brother Floyd Lahan. But can I tell you that there was a young teenage boy by the name of Jensen Franklin sitting in his daddy's church and Brother Floyd would come and preach and Brother Floyd came in one night and he took that little red Bible and he laid it on him and Jensen laid in the floor for an extended period of time and that is when God transformed his life because of it was his hour of visitation. Brother Perry Stone, when he was 16 years of age, I guess it's okay if I tell this, 16 years of age, his mother worked for Floyd Lahan. She was his secretary. 16 years old, Perry, he was simply been rebellious. He didn't want to listen to Daddy Stone. He said, I ain't listening to him. I'm smarter than he is. I'm not listening. He was been rebellious. He's been a 16-year-old punk. That's what he was been. But his mama called Floyd and said, Floyd, you need to come to my house. I know that this boy is called. I know he's gifted. I know that God is calling him to preach, but he has an attitude problem. You need to come and you need to take care of this. He's not listening to his dad. Floyd walks in. Perry had no idea it was going to be his day of visitation. He talked to him, laid his Bible on him, prayed for him, and he laid on the floor for over an hour. God visited him. It changed the scope of his life. And he preached for Floyd in every place that Floyd's ever pastored. Floyd has mentored him. And I just use two of those guys because that's names that you recognize and know. Can I tell you, they are on the course and they've had the success that they've had touching the world because there was an hour of visitation in their life. You say, well, I wish I was special like one of them. Can I tell you? That's not how these things work. For whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord, they shall be saved. You have not because you ask not. He simply says, knock and it shall be opened to you. Seek and you shall find. Listen, my friend. Upon the departure of Christ, and I'm getting ready to wrap this up. Upon the departure of Christ, he set the stage for every one of us in this room to have an hour of visitation. He didn't say you had to meet a certain criteria by the standards of men, but he simply said for whosoever that will call upon the name of the Lord. When you go to Acts chapter 1, verse number 4, this is after the resurrection. This is after he showed himself for 40 days with many fallible proofs that it was him. He's out by the seashore. 500 people are present, roughly. And he begins to speak to them. And it says, and been assembled together with him in Acts chapter 1, verse number 4 and 5. He said he was to assemble together with them and commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, you have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days from now. What, did they, what had they heard of him? We don't have time tonight, but if you go back and read the Gospel of John, you will find that throughout that Gospel, chapter 14, chapter 15, chapter 16, chapter 18, you will find that the word of the Lord 
over and over says that it is expedient that I go away so that the Father can send he, the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, and he will empower you. What he's simply saying, when I leave, when I make my exit, I am setting the stage for you to have an hour of visitation in a manner that no one ever before you has ever had. Because you have to realize every one of the Old Testament characters, I I shouldn't say characters, individuals that I mentioned, they received the power of the Holy Spirit in measure. And in the New Testament, you and I receive it without measure. They received it in a measured form. We receive it as a river. I mean, it's continually flowing. What am I saying? Our hour of visitation changes everything. Acts chapter 1, if you read down to verse number 8, this is what he's saying. He says, because they begin to ask the question, what's going to happen at this moment? They was curious. He said, listen, don't worry about anything other than just get to the place that I've called you to go to. Get to the room in Jerusalem. Stay there. He says, because not many days from now, something's going to come and settle down upon you. You're going to have an hour of visitation. And when that hour of visitation comes, it's going to do something. It is in that moment. Please hear me. This is why every one of us needs an hour of visitation. It says that you shall, didn't say everybody else, but it said you. Tell your neighbor, say you. Make sure you're all awake. Tell your other neighbor, say he's talking about you. Said you shall receive power when after the Holy Ghost comes upon you and you might be. No, it says, and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Now, let me pause here just for a moment because when you go back, notice with me, what does the word of the Lord say to Samuel? He says, Samuel, Samuel. He says, Yes, Lord, your servant is listening. He says, Behold, I will do a thing where? In Israel. Where's Israel? Israel's right where you are. He says, Right where you are, I'm going to do a thing, and it's going to cause the ears of the people to tingle because what's about to happen is going to be something that's going to be noised abroad because it's going to shake everything that can be shaken. And if you read the rest of the story, you'll find that Eli, he was kind of a large round man and he was somebody that was neglecting. And you know this, that that he fell off uh, his throne, broke his neck and he died and it caused a thing to be stirred in that time in history. But I'm not talking about that kind of stirring, even though there's a natural stirring that's going on. But I believe this with everything in me tonight, that this hour of visitation uh, that has been reserved for this hour and this season. Uh, Can I remind you that what happened in this moment in the book of Acts, uh, in Acts chapter 2, you are very familiar with this passage of scripture, but let me give it to you again. But when the day of Pentecost was fully come, this was 10 days after they got into the upper room, when they got in one mind and one accord, uh, it says they was there and says, suddenly there came a sound from heaven uh, as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting, uh, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. Uh, 
uh, and it set upon each of them, uh, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost uh, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Uh, seeing it was but the third hour of the day, people began to be marveling, saying, what in the world's going on? Uh, Peter, who had denied him 50 days prior, uh, steps out on the balcony and says, these men are not drunken as you suppose, uh, but this is that which the prophet Joel spoke of, uh, that in the last days I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh, uh, your sons and daughters, uh, they will prophesy. What he was saying is this, uh, this is an hour of visitation, uh, and it is causing everything to be shaken that can be shaken, uh, and can I tell you, uh, that gift is still present for you and I today. Uh, I am thankful for the bread that we had this morning, uh, but can I tell you the bread is not all there is, uh, but the bread uh, sets us up so that we can have an hour of visitation uh, where the Holy Ghost can come in and set upon us. Uh, I'm gonna preach for five minutes anyway. Uh, can I tell you, uh, and when the Holy Ghost comes and sets down upon you, uh, it begins to be an empowering of the Spirit of God, uh, and it begins to cause everything to shake that can be shook. Uh, and can I tell you tonight, uh, we are in a time of visitation. Uh, we're not just here for a church service on a Sunday night. Uh, listen, I'm tired uh, in body, uh, but I'm gonna tell you something. Uh, I'm gonna give you everything I got for two minutes to tell you. Uh, this is not just a Sunday service. Uh, this is not just another day on a calendar, uh, but this is an hour of visitation for God's people, uh, and he's about to breathe upon a generation uh, so that they can empower uh, by the Holy Spirit, uh, and there is miracle working power uh, that's about to touch your family, uh, that's about to bring life uh, into a community, uh, that's about to shake nations in this hour. I wonder, does anybody want to have an encounter with God? You need in the spiritual realm, you need to reach up and take that song that's your anthem uh, with your arms crossed that you're singing, I shall not be moved. Uh, I'm gonna tell you, rip that thing up, throw it away uh, and say, God said I can have it. Uh, I want it uh, and I'm gonna be what he says I can be. Maybe you don't feel what I feel. Maybe you should be standing up here instead of sitting down there because can I tell you, uh, I've been beyond the veil. Uh, I tell you today, uh, the hour of visitation is real. You know why some of you have been false so much? You know why you've been through hell the last few months? It's because the enemy knows it's your hour, uh, it's your season. He can sense, he senses the realignment in the spirit. He says, I got to deter them, uh, I got to stop them. Uh, I can't let them have their hour uh, of visitation uh, because if they ever get up there, uh, if they ever taste it, uh, if they ever experience it, uh, I can't do anything with them. Uh, can I tell you, he come too late. Forgive me, I just feel my help tonight. Oh, preacher, but you don't know, you don't know. Listen, listen, listen. I know this, that he went to Calvary. I know that he came out on the third day. 
I know that he ascended into the portals of heaven. Uh, and I know he's sitting there making intercession for you and I tonight. Uh, and I know that everything that he does is done and by through the Holy Spirit. Uh, and the Holy Spirit is moving even in this room right now. Uh, and all you have to do is reach out and touch him. Uh, and if you touch him, uh, you can have your hour of visitation uh, and your life could forever be changed. But the question is, do you desire? Do you desire to be in his presence? Let's stand right now. I could say a whole lot more if they come to the music. Right now, I'm going to tell you something. The atmosphere is set. The table is spread. The hour of your visitation. You say, but preacher, preacher, you just don't know. I, I Listen. We are in such a crucial time in history. We could not play religious games. We could not walk in a state of deception and think that another service is the answer. The answer is encountering God in such a manner that you're forever changed. What makes a murderer become a deliverer of a nation? What makes the son of an idol worshiper become the father of the faith? What gives three Hebrew boys standing in the face of great might in the natural stand with boldness and power? It's an hour of visitation. I am not one of those men that say Holy Ghost or nothing, so please don't, just don't misunderstand this. But I am aware enough to know this, that our Heavenly Father, upon the ascension of Christ and His releasing of He the Holy Spirit to be upon this planet while the church remains here, is not just something that should be discarded but he says I have I have a plan I have a desire to take up habitation with you I want you to have a visitation with me it's in the book of Chronicles I don't remember if it's the first Chronicles second Chronicles I can't remember off the top of my head but you'll read where it simply says this that the Holy Spirit is moving upon the earth just looking for a place to land. Just looking for a place where it can put its feet down. I wonder tonight, are you one of those places? Am I one of those places? And I'm so grateful that it's just not a one and done thing. That we can continue to have hours and moments of visitation throughout our spiritual journey. But if you're under the sound of my voice and you can simply say this, I've given my heart to the Lord. I love him and I'm following after him. I celebrate that with you. And there is nothing 
beyond us by faith, receiving the grace and the finished work of Calvary that we can ever do that would make us more saved to make our election sure. But I have to remind you, we did not receive this gift of salvation just so that we could go to heaven. But we received this gift of salvation so that we could become ambassadors for the kingdom. He says, I'm going to give you this gift. to do that by yourself but I'm willing to equip you he the Holy Spirit will come and settle down upon you and you will receive the power to become witnesses in your Jerusalem your Judea your Samaria the uttermost parts of the world and because of that all because of that. We have witnessed. We have witnessed men such as Bonhoeffer in the 40s ridiculed, falsely accused, slandered. the midst have been publicly humiliated and stripped was able to walk with dignity was able to lay down his life because he had had an hour of visitation that's why you can read through the book of martyrs and you can find story after story of men and women they was taken to the stake and they began to light the fire under them that instead of screaming out in fear they began to sing the songs of Zion because they had an hour of visitation that's why men such as Paul and Silas when they was bruised and beaten thrust in the innermost part of the prison at midnight they began to sing and praise because of the hour of visitation that they had had. Maybe there's something in your life that looks so large and so big. May I ask you this question? Have you ever truly experienced a visitation where the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost came and set it down on you? Where you was endued with the power of God? If not, I sincerely believe that right now this can be your hour of visitation. Everywhere I've been over the last few months, please hear me, young and old alike, I have witnessed men and women be filled with the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost or be refilled in such a manner that their life is changed. You see, Acts chapter 2 is not the only time that they experienced a visitation. But in Acts chapter 4, you read on through, you find that again and again there was impartations, there was visitations that came. 
God wants to visit you. And he don't want to just visit you and say, oh, I'm proud of you. He wants to visit you and say, I'm going to empower you for what I've called you to. And right now, we're just not called to have a church service, folks. But we're called to impact the world. And that starts by touching our family, touching our neighbors, touching our community, touching our state, touching our nation and the nations beyond. What I'm sensing and what I'm seeing is there is a freshness of the Spirit in such a way that I am witnessing babies have an encounter of the Holy Spirit. I know I talk about my grandbabies a lot. They're my grandbabies, so I get to. And it's not just because they're my grandbabies, but I see God touching them. Shortly before I came down, we was home just for a little bit this afternoon. Little Jackson comes home and he said, I want my drums. I see he brought them tonight, but he got shy and didn't play them, I guess. That'll change in a few minutes, I'm sure. But he's sitting there and worship's on. And Debbie's thinking she's going to take a 30-minute nap. That don't work. But all of a sudden, I look over and little Jackson's sitting on his little stool and got his drumsticks and all of a sudden his hands go back which isn't abnormal but then all of a sudden I seen his head go back and I seen him Jesus 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 the age of two having a visitation I'm believing by 10 he's going to be preaching the gospel. That's just me. And I'm believing the same for your children and your grandchildren. Because I'm going to tell you something. Out of the mouth of babes comes perfected praise. And you know why? It's because there's a visitation that comes. There's a pureness that's coming. Listen, we've got to get our heart pure. And if there's anything, please hear me. If there's anything that the enemy's trying to bring up in your life that doesn't exalt God, you need to pull that thing out and remove it. You need to pull it up by its root because I'm telling you, God wants to visit you. And this ain't just any visit. This isn't grandma bringing some cookies. But this, no one, that, that's, a, that's a good visit. Don't get me wrong. That's a good visit. But it ain't, but this visitation, there's a sound with it. There's a fire with it. There's an anointing with it. It's about to cause everything that can be shaken to be shook. And there's a turning. Man, I, I tell you, I gotta quit. But there's an hour of visitation, and right now can be your hour. If this message has touched your heart at any point right now, I want you to step from your seat. I want you to come stand in front of this building right now. Right now. 
If you want a fresh touch of God, if you've never received the baptism, maybe you did receive the baptism before. Listen, this is, I'm going going to tell you, if you want more of God right now in this moment of life, I want you to come stand in front of this building because this is the most powerful time of this day right now. I'm thankful for the presence of God this morning, but I'm here to tell you right now, as you're standing, I want you to throw up your hands and I want you to begin to just talk to the Lord and I want you to do what Samuel did because what you don't realize right now is what the Lord was saying, Samuel, Samuel. I could sit here and call your name just like he did, but here's what I want you to do. I'm gonna give you instructions. That is this, just simply say what he did. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Your servant hears you. And let the Lord just do what he wants to do in your life right now. Because I'm believing that there's a freshness of the Spirit of God. Now, saints of God, I want you to begin to pray. Those of you that have the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit in your life, pray in the Spirit tonight. But I'm telling you right now, there is an hour of visitation in this room for somebody where you can walk with the power and the anointing of God. You can walk from this place differently than what you walked in. Father, we hear you. Father, we hear you. We're listening. Lord, we're listening. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I hope this message blessed you. And if you could, please check the description below for all of our links to our social medias. Um, And as always, check our page. You'll see all of our previous messages there. Uh, I hope this message again blessed you and uh, reached you where you're at. And thanks for watching. See you soon.